wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show that we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday and it is really wonderful uh, to be able to share with you uh, each and every day. Uh, This week uh, we're looking at the theme radical or biblical forgiveness in an unforgiving world. Uh, Yesterday uh, we asked what is biblical forgiveness and today we're asking should I forgive persistent offenders. Now, there is a question enough. You know those people who do it time and time and time and keep on doing it? Uh, Should I forgive uh, those people? Maybe you've got somebody like that uh, in your your family. Please listen up today. Uh, This is a challenging, a challenging subject. Now, look, today our co-host is Pastor Ricardo Schaefer. Now, Ricardo is pastor of the College Park and Wisto Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in South Oz. Now, welcome to you, Ricardo. Good to be here. It is really fantastic to actually have you uh, have you with us today. Um, t- t- tell me, how did you enjoy your time on air last week? It was wonderful. Just the fact of uh, knowing that so many people are listening and tuning in. It's such a blessing. Yeah, yeah. And look, we get some fantastic feedback. Now, look, guys, if you uh, are bound to the uh, to your radio set, uh, you may be interested to know that you can also pick up Faith FM on the Faith FM app. Now, the Faith FM app, you can download it from your favourite app store and uh, just look for Faith FM Australia. That's what you need to look for. Make sure you look for the word Australia there, Faith FM Australia. Otherwise, you'll get the... Faith FM American one and you'll get American voices and you don't want American voices. You want the Australian voices. Do you agree, Ricardo? <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, yeah. Look, <laughs> yes, now, Ricardo, look, just tell me something. Now, look, you're a pastor. You've been a pastor for many years. What do you find the most enjoyable thing about being a pastor? Not many people do pastoral work uh, these days. It's sort of not the flavor of the month anymore, but mm. what do you find the most enjoyable thing about yes. being a pastor? So there's a, a lot of activities uh, that a pastor does, uh, but definitely for me the, the most enjoyable one is to share the Bible with, with people and to see um, lives transformed. You know, Do you see many lives transformed? Yes, I do. Uh, a lot of people just don't um, accept the message, and that's their choice. But yeah, the ones that yeah. accept the message, that is so rewarding. Yeah, yeah. The thing I, I know I really appreciate is being able to function and um, deal with some of the really big questions in life. I know that you know over at my church this uh, this coming Monday night, I'm actually starting a Bible uh, marking um, uh, class, and um, we're going to be dealing with some of the really big uh, questions of life. You know, things like where did I come from? Where? Why am I here? And where am I going? And you know, particularly when you talk to young people about some of these issues, to actually see the change in their worldview and the change in their understanding, to me, I find such a, an incredible, such a wonderful blessing. Uh, I know in in my own in my own life. 
Yeah. But look, let's come, if we can, to the World Watch segment. Now, this is a segment where each day we, we try to spend about 10 minutes just looking at some of the uh, events, some of the uh, issues that are occurring in the big wide world that is out there uh, right right now that we are part of. Now, um, I was uh, I was looking online and uh, I uh, I picked up on one of the religious news uh, websites uh, a, a pastor and the title of this article was Don't Tell an Unbeliever That God Loves You. This Texas pastor asserts in a controversial tweet. Now, when I read that, I thought, wow, uh, a pastor has actually tweeted out, um, don't tell an unbeliever that God loves you. And this is what the article said. And to me, it it set me thinking, and I really want to pose this question to you because you're a pastor of experience, Ricardo. Uh, you know, you've got an answer to so many different uh, issues. You've got good answers. Uh, how, how would you respond to this? And this is what the article said. A Texas pastor sparked an online debate last week over a tweet where he argued that unbelievers should not be told that God loves them. He said, you should not tell an unbeliever God loves you. The apostles never shared the gospel this way. The Bible says God's wrath is upon unbelievers. Help them see their sin, warn them of the judgment of God, and give them the gospel, he continued. Now, as I read this, I thought, wow, I mean, this guy is really uh, pushing the uh, stratosphere uh, in, uh, in, in, in making some of these statements. According to churchleaders.com, the Pastor Hughes's post was met by mixed responses, with some agreeing with his sentiment and others disputing it. Yikes! Uh, for God so loved the world, one person wrote in reference to John 3.16. I'm sorry if you've been shown otherwise. So very, very sorry. I truly am sorry. That was one person's response. Another person, uh, one of the absolute worst things we can say to an unsafe person is God loves you. Someone else agrees with him. Then you've got uh, this uh, this young lady, uh, Kim. Uh, she's an author and host of Cradle My Heart Radio, also chimed in on the debate, sharing how she came to Christ after someone told her, Jesus loved me enough to die for me. I was broken over sin already, she quoted 1 John 1, 8-9, and said, he would never have come for me and would have come for me if I was the only one. That's how much he values me, he told uh, Hughes. Hughes, uh, who voices the YouTube channel What, uh, also treated, also tweeted that an unbeliever should not be called a child of God. You should not tell an unbeliever you're a child of God. The Bible says they are children of Satan, as we once all were, before being adopted into God's family by faith in Jesus, the pastor wrote. Now, this to me, when I read this article, I thought, wow, I mean, any wonder there's an online discussion. I mean, this is almost uh, worth uh, starting a church sermon with uh, uh, this uh, this particular uh, discussion. But look, it does actually bring up, uh, to me, a much larger issue. You know, that's the issue of how do you present Christ to an unbeliever, because here this debate really—that's the big issue here. You know, we got two two sides, different perspectives, saying, "Look, this is how we present Christ to an unbeliever." Now, look, you're a pastor; you've got years of experience behind you. How do we go about presenting Christ to an unbeliever? Is it better 
that I not tell them that Jesus loves them? Or is it better that I tell them that Jesus loves them? What do I do? That's an interesting question, uh, Gary. Um, I'm not sure why Pastor Hughes would have stated something like that. Uh, I'm not sure what prompted uh, prompted him to say that. But um, one thing we need to realize, there's a lot of ways to say God loves you, not just with words. Yeah, you can also demonstrate God, lo- God, God's love yeah. with to others. Um, actions speak louder than words, mm-hmm. and uh, from the experience that I've, I've had with different people, uh, it's it's much more effective when I try to bef- befriend people first. That's powerful, isn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, I, you know, I get to know them; they get to know me, and then I can share the message. Remember that Jesus said, if I am lifted up, um, I will attract people to myself. That's really important, isn't it? You know, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men to me. And that is a different way of saying exactly the same thing. In other words, lifting up Jesus Christ is actually so important whenever we're going to present whatever we're going to present to somebody else, whether that comes from prophecy, whether that comes from, you know, a Bible truth. Uh, you know, to, to me, I suppose, uh, Ricardo, I'm just so conscious that, uh, for example, the, uh, uh, the story of Phyllis, uh, of Philip and, uh, uh, and the eunuch on, uh, uh, on the, uh, on the road, uh, to back to, back to Africa. Um, Philip, uh, came to, uh, uh, to the eunuch and, and uh, found him reading from the prophet Isaiah. And the question immediately was, do you understand what you're reading? And then the scriptures say, beginning at that same scripture, we find that uh, Philip presented the gospel. Do you know, in my experience, I, I know that I've certainly uh, encountered many people where uh, who really need to understand that God loves them. And the correct thing to say to them is, God loves you. I never want to uh, undermine being able to say, able to make that statement. I want to lift up Jesus Christ. I want to be able to present the love of God. But, you know, I'm also conscious that there's also been times in my ministry where I've had to be much tougher with individuals and I've had to say things to them that really is challenging. Yes, Exactly where they are at, and just like uh, Philip uh, and on that uh, uh, on that road uh, with the with the eunuch, he started at the same scripture. And I find repetitiously in my own life, when I come across somebody, I have to start exactly where they yes. are at. Uh, you know, how do I know where a person is at? It depends on every situation too, and that's why we need to stay in tune with the Holy Spirit at all times, praying. Because, um, as I said before, if I am lifted up, said Jesus, how do we lift up Jesus? Yeah. There's many ways to lift him up, not just yeah. uh, presenting a Bible study, but you can show Jesus with your actions, with your love, with your concern with for others. Yeah. I've had occasions on, on which um, I didn't have enough time to present a proper Bible study so I had to go straight to the point because yeah. I knew that I wasn't going to see that person again probably yeah. Yeah. you know but I think it, it just depends 
Yeah, well, and that's very true. I know I've had uh, uh, individuals talk to me, and you know, they've had uh, had somebody. In fact, someone's come to me and they've said, "Look, uh, you know, at the uh, at the photocopier at work, someone hit me with this question: What should I do?" And of course, uh, to me, I've simply said to them, "Well, you know." What has the Holy Spirit actually laid on your mind? Uh, in just a few words, what can you say? Because at the photocopier at work, you can't preach a sermon. Uh, at the photocopier at work, uh, you can't go into a deep Bible study. But at the photocopier at work, when someone asks you with a question, you can respond with graciousness, uh, with kindness, with compassion, and you are actually able to, to share your faith. Uh, to me, as I look at this, I say, hey, you know, uh, would I, uh, would I, Advise what this pastor advised. No, I certainly wouldn't. Uh, but would I uh, make that advice for everyone? Possibly not, because mm-hmm. we need to start wherever the individual is actually at. Um, to me, I think this is a uh, this is a, a challenging a challenging article. But look, let's come to some uh, some music. Uh, this is uh, Bethany Dillon, and uh, the song is "How Deep uh, the Father's Love for Us." Please, please enjoy.
is Bethany Dillon, and uh, Bethany is singing how deep the Father's love for that, for, for us. Love that uh, that particular uh, song, uh, a beautiful rendition as well. Thank you for that, Bethany. Uh, now, look, guys, we do have uh, for you today uh, our uh, our free gift offer once again. Now, look, our gift offer today is entitled Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life. Now, this is a real beauty. This isn't a big book. This is a fairly small uh, book, uh, but this is written by Dr. Julian Melgosa. Uh, now, he uses... Uh, uh, biblical examples and personal illustrations to demonstrate how essential it is that we partner with Christ in dealing with the all too human experiences of depression, anger, guilt, forgiveness and stress. Abiding in Jesus, being in intimate connection with him is the way to foster spiritual growth, well-being and happiness, he maintains. Now, I, uh, uh, I think you'll find this book is a, is a real, a real beauty. You'll really enjoy it. Finding calm in the chaos of life. Now, look, guys, if you would like your, uh, your copy of this particular book, it comes to you, uh, with our compliments. Now, all you need to do is to, uh, uh, text us uh, here at the studio to our studio text number, and that number again is o four triple eight eight o eight eleven. That number again is o four triple eight. 80811 and all you need to put in your text is the code number now the code number today is SA42 now SA42 and then when our robot because faithful is uh, uh, is our robot and faithful will respond to you and he'll ask for some information from you so that we can get this to you in the fastest possible way uh, this is a uh, the book uh, that to me if you're going to work on the train if you're uh, uh, if you wanting to have a devotional time. This book is worth reading. Finding calm in the chaos of life. Uh, text us here at the studio, o four triple eight eight o eight eleven. You'll love uh, this uh, uh, this particular book. Uh, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with Pastor Gary, and today our co-host is Pastor Ricardo Schaefer. And Ricardo is pastor of the College Park and Wistow uh, Seventh Day Adventist Churches here in South Oz. Uh, and this week, uh, we're looking at the theme radical or biblical forgiveness in an unforgiving world. Uh, yesterday, uh, we asked, what is a biblical forgiveness? And today, we're asking, should I forgive persistent offenders. Now, it was an article that I actually uh, pulled out uh, a number of years ago out of uh, Christianity Today, and uh, this article really challenged me. In fact, it, it wasn't a long article. It was only a short a short story, but it did occupy an entire page because uh, they actually had the pitch, picture of a, a lady and a gentleman there, and uh, it had a passage of Scripture. Therefore, if you're offering a, your gift at the altar, and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there and go to the altar. Uh, um, first go and be reconciled to your brother then come and offer your gift and then the article went on and shared this particular story now just just listen to this Marcos and Felicity uh, ride a bike from village to village in Rwanda uh, telling their story of reconciliation in the 1994 genocide Marcos murdered 8 people including several members of Felicity's family while she hid in the nearby bushes as a young person. When the genocide ended and Marcos ended up going to prison, Felicity says she wouldn't have hesitated to kill him. 
When he was released several years ago, he faced a community uh, court where he confessed his crimes in detail and he seemed truly repentant, but Felicity wasn't ready to forgive. Over the next couple of years, though, she became a Christian and began considering the possibility of forgiveness. Marcos came to her home, got down on his knees before her, folded his hands and begged for forgiveness. She then granted that forgiveness by putting a hand on his shoulder. Marcos told Christianity Today it felt like a holy shower, that he felt clean on the inside for the first time in many years. And Felicity said it was like having a crippling burden released from her back. Today, they ride the bike around, telling their amazing story of reconciliation. And many others throughout Rwanda have similar uh, stories to tell. Now, you know, I've come across, uh, you know, Ricardo, many stories like that. You know, they, uh, they're just repetitious. But one of the things that I suppose I'm just really conscious about is, you know, is this type of forgiveness... Is it biblical? Is, you know, what about persistent offenders? You know, the people that, you know, offend time and time, doing exactly the same thing. I mean, what does the scripture say about them? Uh, I mean, how would you respond to that as a pastor? I think the question is, is there such a thing as forgiving too much? Exactly. Uh, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. That's a really good yes. way of putting it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Share with us. So it's interesting. The Bible says uh, that on one occasion, Peter asked Jesus, how, how often do I have to forgive? This is an interesting incident, isn't it? Yes. So we find it in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 22. That's where we find the, uh, the question that Peter um, asked of Jesus. This is one of the really big chapters of the Bible. You know, to me, mm-hmm. I'm so conscious that, uh, you know, within the scriptures, there are some chapters that just uh, stick in my mind p- in perpetuity. You know, I think of 1 Corinthians 13 with a great love chapter. I think of Hebrews chapter 11 talking about faith. I think of uh, Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7 and the Beatitudes. Um, Matthew yes. chapter 18 falls into that same category for me because it actually mm-hmm. deals with this issue of forgiveness. Yes, and the way in which Jesus answered these questions was amazing because he used illustrations that stick to your mind. Exactly, exactly. That, that is so, so important, so key. So what was the question that Peter did actually ask? Okay, so let's read. Matthew 18, verse 21 says, um, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Why do you think he picked on this seven times? I mean, why do you think he picked on this seven times? Um, I would have to give you a bit of a background of to what was happening here. Yeah, please do. Uh, this episode happened, took place in um, Capernaum. But on, on their way to Capernaum, when Jesus was traveling with his disciples along the road, something interesting happened. Uh, and we, when we read the, the Gospel of Mark, we, we find this out. And it happened that uh, after their journey, Jesus asked his disciples, what is it that you were arguing or discussing along the way that you did not want to share with me, in other words? The disciples were arguing? They were arguing about a certain topic. And the topic was, who's going to be the first when Jesus as, uh, you know, um, get, uh, gets crowned as, as a king? 
You know, Ricardo, I find that quite remarkable because, you know, to me, I suppose I don't immediately imagine disciples, you know, Peter, James and John, the heroes of the faith, arguing about who's going to be the best in the kingdom. Yes, they were human beings just like us. Uh, and they learnt the hard way, I they guess. Were. They were indeed, yeah. But and share with us. Uh, so, sure. so, so what's happening here? So um, you, you can imagine, uh, Peter was still uh, uh, harboring in his heart th- that desire to be the first, mm-hmm. to draw attention to himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, he had recently been commended by Jesus in Matthew sixteen seventeen, when Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So he was puffed up. He wanted more um, words of affirmation from Jesus in front of the other disciples like that. So here was his opportunity once more. And and the Jewish leaders told at that time that um, you had to forgive your um, someone who had a, a sin against you up to three times. Wow. So if you did that, you were considered a godly person. Well, that. Seems, yeah. <laughs> I, I sort of think that, yeah, okay. I mean, how would we rate that today? I mean, if you went into the, uh, certainly the community today and I forgave a person offended against me three times and I forgave them three times, I, I think, you know, the average person would say that's, that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. But Peter pushes us further. Yes. I can almost imagine him reasoning this way. Well, the leaders say three times, uh, why don't I double that? Because he knew that Jesus always went beyond, you know, the yeah, yeah, yeah. the the rules of the times, the the Pharisaical yeah. rules and stipulations. And he said, "Okay, if I double that, that's six plus one. That's a perfect number." So he asked Jesus, "How many times should I forgive someone who sins against me? Up to seven times?" So what he was expecting to hear from Jesus in front of the others was, <laughs> "Wow, Peter, you're so godly. You know, you're so saint." <laughs> But instead of that, he hears a frustrating answer, and the answer was, never. You should always forgive. He actually says 70 times 7, doesn't yes. he? I mean, 70 times, that's what's that 490 times. 90 I mean, times. that's a, that's huge, isn't it? You know, I mean, yes. in other words, as you've correctly expressed, keep on forgiving. That's right. No limits. No limits. Wow. wow. And, and to illustrate that, he actually tells a parable, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Uh, and it's interesting the way he puts it. Uh, but uh, to me, when I hear Peter asking this question, he was actually, uh, his forgiveness was just in order to meet uh, a, a moral requirement. Mm-hmm. He, his question was actually, uh, his hidden question was actually, when can I be myself? When am yeah. I allowed to explode? Oh, now that is yeah. a good question, isn't it? I mean, that's a really good question. That, that's a good way of putting it, you know. Mm. When am I allowed to explode? When am I allowed to get retribution? Exactly. Without being ungodly. Without being ungodly. In other words, I've gone this far, but now I can get the person back. Exactly. Wow, wow. That seems to be the do Christian people ever Do Christian people ever think like that? Uh, sometimes, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, that's one of the real challenges that I'm so conscious of. You know, it is, mm. it is so even, easy, even within the Christian faith to want to react mm-hmm. to what somebody else has actually said. True. We want revenge. That's want, in our nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's oh, no. powerful what you've actually shared there. It takes a miracle to change us, really. 
Um, and before I, I share the, the story that Jesus shared, uh, I like the way Jesus put it, uh, puts it in Luke 17, 3 to 4, where he said, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Now that seems to be radical, right? Uh, look, look. This is this is what I, why I've called this program this week radical forgiveness. In other words, biblical forgiveness is the most radical form of forgiveness yes. that it's possible to have. It goes beyond our nature, really. Ah, that that to me. What do you mean by that, Ricardo? It goes beyond our nature because I think you've said something incredibly significant there. We we, we cannot have the strength to fully forgive someone else. From our hearts, genuinely. Yeah. In other words, naturally, what I tend to do is to react. You know, I, I think of even, you know, if I'm driving down the road and someone tailgates me, it's so easy for me to react, you know, even if it's yes. only on my horn, you know, to lay on my horn uh, until, uh, you know, the person in front of me finally puts his hand out the mm-hmm. window and, you know, sends me some signals that he ought not be sending sending me. But it's mm. my reaction. I mean, that's what naturally occurs. But here Christ is saying, hey, I want you to do something that's not actually natural. <laughs> That's beyond our limits. That's beyond our limits. Uh, and just, uh, by the way, if, if there's anyone out there um, who thinks that they've done something in the past that is so horrible that God will never forgive that, yeah. uh, here Jesus is asking us to forgive our brothers and sisters in the same indefinitely. way. Indefinitely. In other so, words, if he's wanting wanting us to forgive indefinitely, yes. how is he going to forgive? Exactly. Do you think he would be capable of asking us to do something he's not willing to do? That's that is right. a that's a very powerful thought, Ricardo. Uh, because to me, uh, what it says is that we serve a God who's prepared to go above and beyond anything that we ask or think. That's the God that we have. Yeah, I, I love, you know, there's a few passages in scripture, uh, where God, uh, where, uh, uh, God talks about, I'm going to throw your, your sins into the depths of the sea. You know, when I think of, uh, uh, how deep the sea is in places, I sort of say, hey, you can't recover from that depth. You know, I, I love another passage, you know, I think it's in the Psalms there, talks about, you know, I'm going to separate your iniquities from me as far as the east is from the west. Uh, and the reason I love that is because, you know, if he had said as far as from the north is from the south, that would really have worried me because after a person goes far enough north, they finally go over the North Pole and of course after they go over the North Pole, what happens? They start going south, you know. <laughs> but as far as the east is from the west, you can go from east to west but at no point does east and west mm. actually join up. You just keep on going. And Very opposed. I love what, uh, what, uh, what the scriptures say on that particular matter. What hope uh, there is uh, for those who have actually uh, sinned uh, when we consider what the scriptures are saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But look, let's come back to uh, to the word again, Ricardo. Okay. Well, Jesus used a parable, a story, um, to illustrate this. Yep. Um, so it's found in Matthew 18, verses 23 to 35. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll read it um, quickly here. It says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. 
The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all exactly the same words that he yeah, said to the king. Yeah, yeah. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, um, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Mm-hmm. So my heavenly father, here's the punchline, also, so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Wow. So in other words, God is going to forgive us to the same extent to which we are prepared to forgive our brother and sister. Yes. Interesting. uh, That's that's incredibly challenging. Yes. So um, there's a lot of lessons in this story, but we don't have time to focus on each of them. But mainly there are three characters in this story, the king representing God, the servant who owed the king a large amount of money, 1,000 talents, representing us, and the fellow servant who owed the servant a smaller amount of money, um, that's those who sin against us, mm-hmm. right? So, so far the moral of the story is that um, we must forgive others from our heart in the same way that God forgave us our sins. But there's a lot more to the story. Yeah, dig into it. You see, um, a thousand talents, that's an amount of money that it's just illogical that Jesus chose. Uh, one talent was about 6,000 denarii. Wow. Okay, and one a, denarii. A denarii, that's a, a day's wages. A day's wages. So imagine that. If you make your numbers, when you're talking about 10,000 talents, that's about um, 164,384 years of labor. Wow. This is, this is the sort of money that, uh, uh, Elon Ma- Musk, uh, over in the, over in the States, uh, even him <laughs> has got. This is a huge sum of money. Yes. And, and only the annual budget of the whole province of Galilee was about 300 talents. And this is 10,000 talents 10, was the debt. Talents. You know, that, that servant, he actually said, give me time and I will pay you all. You know, to me, as mm. I think about that, I think, hey, that servant is really having himself on because he's, he's claiming that he's going to repay a debt that physically impossible. It can't be paid. And that's Jesus' point. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted yeah. to make it clear. And how, uh, as to how absurd it is when we say to God, I can do things to make it up. Okay. And of course, that's, that's where the, uh, Jesus coming with his, that's where the act of Jesus is so important to understand that he has forgiven us for every mistake that we, you know, to me, it, it clears our, uh, it brings peace 
where nothing else mm. can bring peace. You know, I, I, I'm just so conscious that we have got uh, people that uh, I, I'm certainly aware of that uh, in our world that, uh, uh, you know, they go and have Christmas lunch together, but they're at war uh, within the family and they've been at war uh, for years and uh, uh, the, there is trouble and turmoil uh, and yet uh, the individuals themselves are not at peace and yet when the Holy Spirit comes, what one of the gifts of the Spirit of God is peace. The reason that peace can come is because forgiveness is possible mm-hmm. both for the individual by God and also for others uh, by ourselves. You know, yes. I, I look at this and just say, hey, you know, the gift that comes to us as a result is just uh, so so outstanding. Mm. And there is no comparison between 100 denarius and 10,000 talents. Exactly. One is absolutely not Payable, impossible to repay. Yeah. The other one is you need to pay, you need to work about three months yeah. in order to earn it, and you can pay it. Yes. See, uh, so what what others have done to us has no comparison with to what, what we, we have, have done, done to, to God. God. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and Christ is trying to teach something here to us that is uh, just so relevant. For the day and the age in which mm. we're living, you know, I, I I'm so conscious, Ricardo, that so many times on on television, I actually uh, see, you know, somebody uh, will be during the news segment will be uh, someone will be standing outside the courtroom, and uh, they they'll make a statement to the effect that I am never going to forgive this yes. individual. They they actually don't understand the burden that they're going to place on their own life. Uh, at that particular point in time, uh, this is something that you know, the whole, all of Hollywood, the media, uh, is based on uh, getting justice. You know, forgiveness is something uh, that is weak. foreign. It's something mm. for the weak. It's something that we can't actually accept. Uh, you know, uh, to me, what Christ is saying here is something so radical. To me, it's something that challenges uh, certainly uh, my thinking uh, day by day. But look, let's come to a break if we can and uh, let's just come to Sandra Edelman she's actually singing she's actually playing a song it's called um, Sea of Forgetfulness and uh, it really reflects on what it is we've just been saying uh, please uh, just stop and uh, and please consider uh, these words <laughs> you guilty and unworthy how can I be forgiven and holy and I know I break your heart but you promised I could start all over and all the things I've done you've placed them each and every one Into the sea of forgetfulness You placed all of my sin For I am the one who keeps reminding you Over and over again Into the sea of forgetfulness As far as the east from the west Seventeen times seven You've forgiven me You keep cleansing me 
listen into the sea of forgetfulness. You welcome me with open arms of mercy. She was singing uh, The Sea of Forgetfulness, and uh, indeed, uh, that, uh, that's exactly uh, what, uh, what God wants to do when he is forgiving uh, each one of, uh, of us. And now, folks, we do have a giveaway uh, book today again. Uh, that book, of course, is uh, Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life, and this is uh, by Dr. Julian Magolsa. Uh, and now he uses biblical examples and personal illustrations to demonstrate how essential it is that we partner with Christ in dealing with the all-too-human experiences of depression and anger, guilt uh, and stress forgiveness. Uh, abiding in Jesus, being an in intimate connection with him is the way to foster spiritual growth, he suggests. Now, look, guys, uh, this book is a, is a real little beauty, Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life. If you'd like to have a copy of uh, of this particular book, all you need to do is to text us uh, at our studio uh, um, text number here. It's 04888. 
80811. That number again is 0488 And all you need to do is to use our uh, our code. Now, our code for today is SA42, and uh, that will uh, uh, have our friend uh, Faithful. He's a robot. He will uh, come back to you and uh, he'll get the information off you that we need uh, so we can get this book to you in the fastest uh, possible way. Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life, 04888-80811. You'll love uh, that, uh, that, particular, that particular book. And now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is Pastor Ricardo Schaefer, and, and uh, Ricardo is pastor of the College Park and Wistow Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in South Oz. And this week we're looking at the theme, radical or biblical forgiveness in an unforgiving world. Uh, and yesterday uh, we asked, what is biblical forgiveness? Today we're asking, should I forgive persistent offenders? Ricardo, let's come back, come back to you again. Tell us, in your ministry, have you got any Illustra- you know, any Has this issue ever arisen that really has spoken powerfully to you? Yes, yes. Um, there are some examples um, that I've been able to witness how God can actually change our hearts and give us the power that we don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, when we decide or choose to forgive others for what they've done to us, it doesn't mean that we are approving of what they've done against us. Yeah. It is just a state of mind in which we voluntarily choose with God's help um, to release our offender from our anger and expectations of justice. Mm. We wish them well, no harm, only good, and that actually requires a miracle. It's not in our nature to forgive that way. Um, Many years ago, I remember, I was invited to the U.S. to run a series of evangelistic presentations, and every night I ended, I finished my presentation with an invitation to accept Jesus as your Savior and friend. Mm. And I like to watch, you know, people's faces because it helps me out. You know, when mm. I see their expressions, I need uh, helps me to know if I need to uh, rephrase what I said, or you know, it helps me to yeah. know they're following up. So um, there was one man I remember to my left, sitting on the first one or first three pews. I remember mm-hmm. it was very hard to read his facial expression. He was angry at times, or so I thought, angry or upset, especially when I made the invitation towards the end of the presentation. Every Mm -hmm. night was the same. Mm -hmm. It seemed to me that he was struggling with something inside his heart. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I thought that he was angry at me for something that I said, but I wasn't sure. Yes. And every night was the same. He would not stand up. Mm -hmm. My invitations were to stand up if they want to accept Jesus, basically. Mm -hmm. Yes. But uh, I was praying for him the whole week. On my last presentation, I remember that, I extended a last invitation to accept Jesus. And he, again, was like upset, angry, unsettled, struggling with himself. And finally, he stood up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Still with the same face, but he stood up. And I was like so happy to to see that, you know. Mm. So after my, my sermon... I stood at the entrance of the church. There was a big foyer next yeah, to it. Yeah. I was greeting the people as they left. Yeah. And I noticed as I was greeting the people that this person who stood up was standing on the opposite side of the big hall, staring at me with that unsettled face. Mm-hmm. 
still with that face, you know. And as I finished greeting everyone, I was by myself. I noticed that this man starts to walk towards me mm. with a steady pace. And I was like, oh, no, where are the, where are the deacons when I need them? You know, I was by myself and he was yeah, yeah, coming to yeah. me. So he comes in front of me and he says, Pastor, you have no idea what I've been going through this week. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, you're right. I have no idea. I've been trying to figure it out, you know. Uh, and then he said, um, my son, my only son, three weeks ago, was stabbed uh, in his back five times. Mm-hmm. And his throat was slit. He was left on the streets to die. Mm-hmm. He was murdered. Mm-hmm. And then he looked at me and put his 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 head on my shoulder and started to cry like a baby. Mm. And you know, what do you tell someone like that? You know, what what, what do you say? What do you say? I just prayed silently and I said, yeah. "God, help me! Give me the words." I don't yeah. I don't know how yeah. to comfort yeah. this person. I've never been in that situation. Yeah, you can't think of anything much to. worse, can you, than having no. one of your children? I cannot uh, say I, yeah. I understand what you're going through because I I did not. Yes. Yeah. But I felt really sorry for him, and and so I said to him, um, "Look, um, I have no idea what you're going through." And as I said these words, a thought came to my mind, and I, I'm sure that was God. And I said to him, "But I know someone who does. Mm. God knows what you're going through because they killed his son as well, his only son, mm. and and he knows what you're going through. Mm. It was unfair." Mm. He said, "Yes, now I know." Now I know, but there's more, he said. Mm. There's more to the story. And I was wondering to myself, what more can can you add to this story? He said, um, uh, I, had a pl- I had plans. I know who killed my son. Mm-hmm. And I had plans to kill this person. All I had to do was just to make a simple, a simple um, phone call. Mm-hmm. And I was going to arrange for this person to be killed. Mm-hmm. I was going to do that this week, and someone invited me to these meetings, and I just, I just came because I was feeling so horribly inside of me. But I just came. Yeah. And he said, "I was confronted with Jesus." Wow. And that's why I was struggling every night. And wow. I knew that if I stood up, I had to give up my plans to avenge the blood of my son. Wow. Now I understood why all those faces, you know. He was struggling with he that was. particular reality. Yeah, and, and, and we have to accept that there are some of these issues that are so painful that mm. um, people have, have been through. The struggle is so real. The struggle is just so intense. Uh, the mm-hmm. struggle is, is something that we can't fully understand, yet I love that point that you have just made that the Heavenly Father... He is the one who mm-hmm. understands because he has actually been through it. Yes, he knows us and he he can understand our situations. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's when you say something like that that, um, you know, I sort of understand something about the, the Lord's Prayer because, you know, it's interesting. In the Lord's Prayer, uh, Christ taught his disciples to pray, uh, mm-hmm. and yet he does actually mention this issue of forgiveness. You know, our Father, mm-hmm. which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. Now, here it is. Forgive us our debts as mm-hmm. we forgive 
our debtors. Very clear. You know, to me, as I look at that, I'm sort of saying, hey, you know, uh, you know, uh, Lord, I want you to forgive me in the same way that, you know, we are willing to forgive our brother and our sister. Uh, you know, this, this is challenging to the, uh, to the, uh, world in which we're living today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I, I really think that we need God's help in order to do that genuinely. Uh, what do you mean by that? You know, God's help. I mean, just open mm-hmm. that one out a little bit more. To, to go back to the same example that, I, the, the story that I was sharing. Yeah. Uh, that I'm sure that man would not be able to forgive in the way he did unless he uh, was confronted with the love of Jesus. He made a choice, a voluntary choice. He decided to forgive. He decided to allow the Holy Spirit to win in his heart, to, to put aside his, his personal feelings of revenge. So in other words, when the Holy Spirit actually comes in to my, into my heart, it actually makes some sort of a change. I start to think differently. You know, to me, Ricardo, one of the passages of scripture that to me I actually treasure is Philippians chapter two, because Philippians chapter two uh, talks about let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus, uh, who, when I think of that, when I consider what's actually being said there, I want, says Paul, I want the same mind to be within you as was in Christ Jesus. Now, you know, when I think of Jesus, you know, on the, on the cross, you know, you get this prayer, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I mean, they are, I mean, he is experiencing a, a torturous death and yet his prayer is, Father, Forgive them. Amazing. Unbelievable. Uh, this, uh, this is so out there uh, for the world in which we're living today. We live in a world of revenge. We live in a world where payback is actually number one. Payback is part of our culture. It's, uh, we've seen it in traditional cultures, but it's also part of our culture. And yet Scripture challenges all of that. And says, no, 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 no. I don't want payback to be part of your culture. I want you to learn to forgive to the ultimate extent. I want you to be able to forgive in a radical way. I want you to be able to forgive uh, in a in a cha- in a way that is thoroughly biblical. Uh, Ricardo, look, I'm conscious that our time is almost finished, but I'm just wondering, how would you just like to, to pray? And I'd love you to pray particularly for our listeners, uh, maybe for someone who is struggling with an issue of forgiveness for somebody else. Would you pray that the Holy Spirit might uh, work with them and be with them as they decide the direction that they need to go? Absolutely. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all the teachings and the lessons, the examples that uh, we can find in the Bible about you, the way you forgave us, the way you taught us to forgive one another. Um, That feeling of revenge is a heavy burden for any of us. It, It consumes us from within. And I'm reminded of your words in Matthew 11:28, where you said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If there's anyone, Lord, with that heavy burden of unforgiveness, 
knowing that we should forgive but not finding themselves able to do it genuinely. Lord, I pray that you may manifest yourself in the lives of these listeners, that they may feel the love that you have for us, that they may choose to genuinely allow you to transform them and to be able to forgive. Mm. Because as we do that, we are actually um, receiving a blessing. We're removing a burden, an unnecessary burden that we take upon ourselves. I pray, Lord, that you give us all the strength to be like you. We pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor Ricardo Schaefer on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow here on Drive Time when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan is going to be spending the entire time looking at the question, does biblical forgiveness negate accountability? Now, there is a challenging question. That's a question that we really need uh, to dig into. Now, tomorrow, that's when we're going to be digging into that particular question. Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.